0: Christ. Uh, amen. Continue to pray for our pastor. He's just uh, has some back issues. He'll be fine, but just want to believe God for a speedy, speedy recovery. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Amen. This morning is where we're going to go. Really felt led to go this way. Amen. Uh, causing Rosie and, and Sister Khadijah, all types of issues, because I just, you know, I'm like, well, it's going to be this one. Oh, no, it's going to be that one. And then they hate me, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, but I believe God, this is, this is the one tonight. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. You know, we've all heard about the devil. Uh, I, I think it'd be safe to say that we've all, we all know kind of who the devil is. I mean, I don't think we know for sure exactly everything about the devil. Uh, But we know who he is. We know what he comes to do. He is called in the Bible, the accuser of the brethren, the serpent of old. And we know that he goes and he attacks the people of God. We know that he has strongholds. We know that he goes after the church. But I want to answer a question because I believe that sometimes we don't know what he wants, though. The question is, what does the devil want? If he's coming after you and I, if he's coming after the church, he's coming after the brethren, he's coming after the saved, what does he want? What can we possibly have that he will spend his, the rest of his, if you, I use the word life loosely, but the rest of his time trying to get you and I? You ever thought about that? So I want to look at this, and let's ask God to help us. What does He want? 1 Peter, chapter five, verse eight. The Bible says this: Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine: Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother, brother your brotherhood in the world. What does he want this morning? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. I give you all the praise and glory. God, I pray, help me this morning. But I pray open the hearts of and minds of men and women here. God, I pray bring revelation where there once wasn't by your word, God. And I veil myself and hide myself behind you. Let them see you, Jesus, and not me. I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. What does he want this morning? What does he want? Let's look first at he roams. We know that the lion, as he hunts, he wants something. How many? no food. He's hungry. So when the lion hunts, he doesn't make himself known, nor does he make his intentions known, because that would defeat the purpose, now wouldn't it? If he went up to the gazelle and said, hey, you know I want to eat you, right? It would be the gazelle, but all right, let me go. But he waits in the higher grass, amen, waiting for a moment to strike. But the lion will go for the neck. The lion may go for the leg. He may try to get a bite of the thigh. But ultimately, he is trying to move his way up to grasp the neck. Because he knows if he can pierce the neck, he can either crush the airway, amen, or he can strike an artery that will cause the animal to bleed to death. The devil is just like the lion. Can you say amen? He is waiting for a time in the spiritual high grass. And when he sees the time is right, he will go strike. But he's trying to go for the jugular. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, Jesus. uh, What does the Bible say? Until an opportune time. I want you to think about this for a moment till an opportune time. In other words, he went to strike, he leaves, but he says, this is not over. Amen. I'm going to come after you again. Now, how many know if he's going after Jesus, you better be sure he's going after you and I. And he's waiting for opportune times. He goes after Jesus, after Jesus got baptized. No, when he went to the wilderness opportune time not when the dove came down not when everything was going right not when the father spoke when does he come he comes when Jesus goes to the wilderness and this is where you have to be careful this morning folks because you will one day go into the wilderness and that will be an opportune time for the devil to come after you I may know sometimes we go in the wilderness in our marriages and somebody said amen huh Oh, you don't want to talk to me today. Okay, well, I'm going to talk to you. We go through things, amen, in our personal lives wildernesses amen and this is the opportune time to strike because how many know in the wilderness it's dark in the wilderness amen you're disoriented in the wilderness amen you're losing markers and direction and it's a perfect time for the line to come out and destroy you you know I, I used to watch okay I, okay I lied I watch a lot of Geo- National Geographic and my favorite and for you animal lovers, please forgive. It's, it's, it's not funny, but it's, it's, it's what they do. But it's crazy when you see the water buffalo. And they're all at the watering hole. And then you always have the one scraggler. The one that just, ah, I don't know where, I'm going to go over here. And farther and farther he goes. And then, you know, you hear the voice in the background, crikey, mate. <laughs> You, you, you know what I'm saying? You hear the voice. He's like, crikey. He's leaving his mother. <laughs> yep. And then you see the lion just, oh, 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 boy. And all of a sudden, you see the animal get disoriented. All of a sudden, he doesn't, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm too far away, but by that time, it's too late. See, too many times, Amen. we get disoriented. We start walking away from the pack, if you will. We start walking away from our brothers. We start walking away from God. We start walking away because we're in this wilderness of life, and it is right there where the devil goes, now I got you. Now I'm going to go after you. But what if I told you the devil doesn't want you? You're the consolation prize. But you're not the prize. The lion is not concerned about how the animal looks or about if the animal matches its previous conquest. All that lion is concerned with is this he wants to get what's on the inside of that animal, he wants to get to the meat. The lion w- wants what makes up the animal. You still with me? The devil wants what makes you a believer, what gives you power and authority. The devil wants your faith. Did you hear what I said? That's what he's after. See, we think, all oh, the devil's after me. He wants me. He wants me. Who are you? Who are you? If people don't want you. No, <laughs> just joking. Just joking. People love you. But you understand what I'm saying to me? Oh, the devil's after me. He wants me. You know, what? What are you? He wants your faith. He wants what makes you a believer. See, our faith makes us who we are. Can you say amen? Amen. Without faith, we have nothing. Without faith, we are nothing. Without faith, we're not even born again. Without faith, amen, we don't have vision. All this stems out of faith. 1 Peter 5 and 9, our text, resist him steadfast in the Faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him now. Be steadfast in your faith. That's how you're going to defeat the devil. So what better way, amen, to attack than attack the faith because the devil knows the only thing that can beat him is your faith. He knows that that amen is one thing that gives us authority and begins to connect us to God is our faith. So what better way to come after you and destroy a church, destroy families, destroy the faith. Is it no wonder we see all these, um, you know, recently the the song leaders for these different groups? I don't believe no more. I don't believe it no more. Pastors, I don't believe it no more. What better way to get you? I'll destroy your faith. Hebrews 11 and 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Faith is the foundation. If he can get your foundation, he has you. What do you have to stand on if you don't have faith? Everything stems from our faith. Why do we pray? Faith. Why do we continue to go forward? Faith. Why do we continue to believe? Faith. Why do we continue to work? Faith. Everything comes out of faith. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. You can't please God without it. That text goes on to say, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You can't please God without faith. So let me ask you, if you were the devil, wouldn't you try to decimate people's faith to decimate the people? Wouldn't that be the smart thing to do is to go after the very thing that makes the people? You go after the faith, and this is why some of you, like, why am I getting attacked? Well, because he's trying to break your faith. That's why, because he can break your faith, that he can have access to you. If you're not strong enough to pray, if you're not strong enough to believe anymore, if you're not strong enough to go forward, I mean, no, we're sitting ducks. Now think of it, and I'm going to move on here, but I want you to think about something, especially if you have a family here, that if you lose your faith, that thing permeates to everybody who's attached to you. How many times have we heard, you know, somebody who lost faith or somebody, you know, a, a, a famous, you know, a, a somebody in the media, like I said, those lead singers and the pastors that we know of that we're like, he lost his faith. And how many of we're not we'd be like him. Out of all people, I would never expect. How many of people start questioning? They're like, man, well, if he I mean, what what good am I? If he couldn't, if he lost, if he couldn't do it, if he, what hope is there for me? You know, people I've talked to that have been in families where the parents lost faith. And the reason why the children won't come to faith or won't come to Jesus Christ, I'm not making excuses for them, but I'm telling you what they say. They'll say, yeah, we used to go to church every day. We used to be in this. We used to be in that. We used to be involved. And then one day my father said he didn't believe anymore. One day my mother said he didn't believe anymore. And all of a sudden it just shattered our family. And I never want to go back to that church again. I never want to go back. I don't believe in Jesus because how can my father being a minister, how can my mother being, you know, in this ministry and all of a sudden not believe? That means God can't be real. I've heard it with my own ears. Do you see why he would want your faith now? does Does it connect? Like, wait a minute. Because how many know we give? oh, he just wants me. He just wants me. No, 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 you don't get it. He wants everything about you. The people you talk to. I had a brother one time tell me, goes to one of our fellowship churches, and he backslid. And when he backslid, when he, he, he left the church, and he was, he was a fruitful brother, he was bringing in people. And one thing he told me, he said, you know what, Pastor Brooks, you know, he said, you know what always gets me, is that when the devil was able to rock my faith, I felt like that those people I were touching, their faith were rocked too. Because they never came back. I felt like something happened that when he hit me, that he was hitting these men that I was working with. He said, you know, I think that was the plan the whole time. Like, I'm not just giving you just things. This is real life, folks. He wants your faith. That's why he's roaming, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour your faith. Your faith is the prize. Let's look secondly, how does he get it? What does he do then? How does he, what devices does Satan use to get the faith? Luke twenty-two thirty-one 31, I think, gives us some explanation here. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that what should not fail? Your faith. Your faith. He didn't pray for anything else. I'm praying for your faith. should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. In Bible times, there was something called a sieve. Think of a strainer, which you would use for noodles. And what would happen is that the wheat and the chaff, amen, it would be put in the strainer and it would be shaken. And so as it's shaking, the chaff would begin to fall through and the wheat would stay on top. So Jesus tells Peter that Satan has asked to sift you. What was Satan after? He says that your faith should fail not. Satan wanted Peter's faith, and he would use this sifting process. In other words, amen, Satan, amen, will put us in the sifter, amen, and hope that everything else crumbles through, including the faith. Or excuse me, let me take that back. Everything else crumbles through, and the faith stays at the top. Because that's all he wants. It's just like with the wheat and the chaff. They don't care for the chaff. They don't want that. They just want the wheat because that's what's important. And this strainer is straining your faith, if you will. Think of this with me. Because this strainer, this sifting process, uh, amen, will do two things. It holds and it separates. It tries to separate you from what you believe and then hold you in a place of unbelief. Did you hear what I said? That it will separate you, amen, from what you believe. And then it will try to hold you in unbelief. So what are some things that Satan uses as the sifter? One is temptation. James 1 and 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That's where it begins, doesn't it? Because the temptation is not the sin. The sin is the acting out the temptation. Because we all get tempted. Can you say amen? But what happens is the temptation is beginning to sift. It's beginning to shake up some things. It's beginning to rock some things. And it's hoping that the temptation will cause you to fall. Can you say amen? Hopefully, the temptation, amen, will carry you away from God and faith in Christ. Trial and tribulation are sifters. John 16, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You will have afflictions, and these afflictions will try to sift you, try to take your faith, your belief that God can take care of you. You may be broken, but how many know God is still a healer? But in that brokenness, it's a sifter. Well, look, you're still not healed, huh? How many know what I'm talking about? Different things that we've prayed for, different things we've cried out for. And what's happening? The devil will use those things so I guess God doesn't hear you, does he? I'm going to talk to this side. Y'all been tripping. I'm going to talk to this side. Y'all used to be with me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that these things become sifters, even in marriage, marital issues, marital problems, and it's sifting. Maybe, maybe God didn't speak to me to marry her. Maybe he's not right for me. Sifting something because it's trying to take away your faith. And these are just a couple of things that the devil will use, amen, to try to gain your faith. Amen. Trials can be faith killers if you let them. Because when you go through it to, and you feel you shouldn't be going through it, how I many know it begins to try to kill something in you? Amen. And I've heard it time and time again. And I think we probably all said it in here. Man, you know, I know I wasn't saved before, but man, the minute I became born again, I feel like I had all these problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we put it, well, I know, I was, you know, I was, going my, I was going to hell, I know that. But when I got saved, my gosh, I <laughs> yeah. had all these issues. <laughs> the sifter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The best way to kill something is kill it early. Yeah. Yeah. On, if you give me a choice, you want to kill the lion cub or the lion, give me the cub. I'll take my chances with the thing that's not quite as strong as it could be. So, what better way to kill you than in the beginning stages of any new destiny, new dimension, where God's trying to take you? Any new ministry? What better way than to start sifting you? I want to be—I want to be a Bible study leader. (laughs) I'm called to preach. I'm going to be faithful. Sifting. And these siftings are trying to do one thing. Take your faith. That's it. Take your faith. How many know disappointments can be sifters? When we begin to say, God, where were you? Where were you? These disappointments can begin to sift us because of the expectation that we have. And how many know we should have an expectation if God says he can do it? That's our expectation. Can you say amen? That he can do it. But sometimes, listen to me, God doesn't do what you think he should do. I know it's a shock to some of you like, what? Yeah, he 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 kind of does what he wants. I didn't know if you knew. I know I was shocked to me, too. I was like, really? God? I don't do what you want me to do. Oh, that's right. I'm not God but the disappointments can be there amen when we have this expectation and we see a totally different outcome and there it is the sifting I've told you guys a story many times and it just proves true even in this sermon you know me and my wife you know before my daughter was born we had problems conceiving had some miscarriages in there and let me tell you something And I'm seeing other people, you know, pregnancy here and children here and little girls. I'm like, God, they're not even faithful. You ever been there? God, they're not even faithful. God, they won't even take care of their children. You're going to give them more. And I can't get one. You understand? See, you, feel, you feel what I'm saying? It's that those type of disappointments... Where it's like, God, how come, ne- but what about me, God? I've been faithful, I've been here, I've been praying, but yet and still, the opposite's occurring. What do you think the devil's using those things for? He's gonna use it to try to kill your faith. So you'll stop praying, you'll stop believing, you'll stop speaking in faith. You ever notice that when you're disappointed? You ever notice that? Let's be real tonight. I mean, I I get it, I get it. You know, Sunday morning we want to look nice, but let's be real for a minute. You you, you hear what I'm saying? That you you stop speaking a certain way because you don't even know if you believe it anymore. Uh oh, yeah, it's toward the end of the month. Might as well get deep, right? (laughs) But these things situations that satan is you and i understand i'm not saying amen i'm saying that satan uses these things that's what i'm saying i'm not saying god orchestra i'm saying satan uses it against you remember my son he was playing in his room tripped in his closet fell Hit a coat hanger, and a piece of the coat hanger went in his eye. And so I hear this scream. I run, and he had, he Dad, I can't see. Dad, I can't. I mean, he's, I'm, I'm not going to do it the way he was doing it because it was frantic. But Dad, I can't see. Dad, I can't see. Dad, I can't see. And I remember I'm there, and I'm looking for it, and I'm like. And so I, I said, God, please. And I hear my son praying. Like, I ain't never heard him pray like that. Father God, right now, I'm like, oh God, please touch him. <laughs> and I kid you not, listen to me. In my there was a part of me, listen to me, I'm gonna be very transparent. There was a part of me that says, God, are you telling me my son's gonna lose his eye? So now my little son now is going are you serious, God? Is this the route because that we were faithful? Because it just happened in Portsmouth. I said, well, if I had never came here, this probably wouldn't have never happened. You you, you see how your mind starts trying to take away something in me that's been there for years. Now, thank God, God made it come across and I was able to grab it and take it out and his eye is fine. But what I'm saying is it's those moments, those quick moments that hits you; you don't expect it. That you don't know where it came from. Those are the sifters. I Was watching the fight last night, Alexander. I don't know if you're into boxing, but Alexander Povechkin and uh, Dillian White. And Dillian White, he was winning the fight. Just, I mean, just tagging this dude. I mean, just, I mean, I was just like, my lord, man, I'm about to. And then <laughs> Dillion White just, wow, and he ducks the wrong way. And this hand comes up, right? And hits him square. I mean, boom. And all you see is brother just, like he went to sleep. Literally. Went to sleep, slid under the uh under the ropes, just and so it was like. You were winning the whole fight. It was just going to be cruising from there. But one punch. That's all it takes. Just one counterattack. Out of nowhere. Night, night. (laughs) One attack. Night, night. You know what he said in 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 the interview? You know what he said? In camp. I had practiced blocking that punch over and over and over and over again. He said, man, he caught me good, but I had been practicing blocking that punch. I had been practicing avoiding that punch over and over. Six to eight weeks of training camp over and over. But yet the sifter got me. See, listen to me. You could be serving God, praying, believing, over year after year but never think that that punch won't come from nowhere never think that that sifting has stopped never let your guard down because in the day that you do your faith will sit at the top what did he tell peter peter this this devil he's gonna sift you like wheat i'm just praying for your faith Because faith heals all things. Faith brings restoration. Faith can help. Faith begins to mend a heart. Can you say amen? Faith begins to bring us back to uh, right thinking. Can you somebody shout amen? amen? And this is why he said, Peter, Satan is going to harass you. He's going to sift you. But when he does, I'm praying for your faith to be strong. And listen to me, folks. If you don't pray nothing ever again, you better be praying, God, strengthen my faith. I'm going to go through a lot. I'm going to deal with much. But God, if you strengthen my faith in you, God, strengthen my heart. Amen. I'm going to be able to survive it because faith is my anchor. That's what he wants, church. He wants your faith. But we're not going to let him take it. Can you say amen? We're not going to let him take our faith. You can do a lot. You can slap. You ain't going to take my faith. 1 John 5 and 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. He who overcomes the world, uh, but he who believes, oh, excuse me, but our faith. See, we will overcome by our faith. Don't let the devil rip you off of your faith this morning. I want you to see that Peter denied Jesus, went back fishing, yet Jesus tells Peter, go and feed my sheep. You know what that tells me? That tells me, amen, that it takes a lot to lose faith completely. It takes a lot to completely lose faith. Because I believe Peter got sifted, but he didn't lose all his faith. There was still a measure there. That caused him to jump out of the boat, swim back to Jesus, uh, take on the Great Commission, listen to what he was saying, and go do it. There was still a measure there, amen, somewhere. And let me tell you something, church, that when we believe in Christ, there's a measure, and sometimes that's the only thing you're holding on to. But hold on. You know, I've run into so many people that have told me I only have a little bit of faith. (laughs) Good. You better hold on to something. Because that faith can become great. I only have a little bit. You better hold on to that. Let me tell you something, church. When we get sifted, there are decisions you're going to have to make as I close. You have to decide, I'm going to go through this blender. I'm going to go through this sifting. And a lot may be taken out of me. But the one thing that I refuse is my faith to be taken. I'm going to believe God no matter what happens. I don't care how it works out. God is still God. Can somebody shout amen? I don't care how it begins to play itself out. God is still God. Maybe it doesn't work in my favor and maybe it does. But either way it goes, God is still God. And that amen will not be let go from me. I will not turn that over to the devil. I will not turn that over to anybody else. That God is king and that's that. You're going to have to settle that. When you get sifted, it's easy to settle it now when everything's good. When money's coming in, somebody say amen. When everything's going right, to, when you and your wife actually love each other, when that stuff happens, oh, I ah, stand firm, faith. Yes. Okay. But when that sifter starts coming around, you better still be saying stand firm, faith. As I'm getting ripped up, stand firm, faith. If I can give you some, some helps here. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 10. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For he... For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? If we could just take a page out of David's book. Number one, when everybody else was all fearful, dismayed, and lost faith, David was speaking faith. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. There is a power in words. Because when you start speaking things, amen, how many know there's a power of suggestion? And if you keep talking and saying negative things, you start thinking that way. And so there is a power in words. And so David spoke faith. Amen. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He understood the problem here. Like this is nobody in comparison to God. If you're going to keep faith, you got to keep perspective. Perspective. Even in the midst of sifting, even in the midst of fighting giants, if you will, you still got to keep perspective. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this? I'm going to let this kill my faith? I've been through what? God has took me out of what? God has saved me from who? And you think I'm going to let this kill me? I'm not dying on that battlefield. God has brought me through. God has helped me out of too much to die here. You got to have proper perspective. I'm not losing faith. The other thing is, David was willing to fight. There will be moments and times where you have to fight for your faith. You got to fight. The only way to keep it is to fight at moments. And when I say fight, I'm not talking about necessarily physically, you know, just punching walls. I'm talking about, you know what, when everything in you says don't pray because it don't matter, say, no, I got to pray because it does matter. When everything in you says, you know what, forget church. No, you said no, forget that. I got to be in church. When everything inside you, amen, says, give it up. It's over with. Stop it. Then everything inside you guys says, no, it's not. There's still a road. There's still a path. There's still things to do. So I got to get up. I got to start reading. I got to witness because there's people that need to be saved. So you got to start fighting that thing. You understand what I'm saying? you got to let your faith begin to drive you. The little bit you may have, you got to let that begin to say, no, i got to get up. You know, there have been mornings where I have said, God, I am tired. I don't feel like getting up. And I don't want to come to a hot prayer room. That prayer won't be baking sometimes. And that fan be there, but you know how that go. <laughs> you know how that go. And, and there'll be days I'm like, <laughs> Tired. I didn't go to bed until 3 in the morning. I, my daughter came in and woke me up, and then I just don't want to go. I just, wanna, I just want five hours of sleep. Anybody ever been there? I just want five. I don't even need a full eight. Just give me four and a half. I just, I just don't want to get up. Right? But then faces start popping up. Faces and situations and, and things and, and other things that I've heard people pray for and other things where they said, brother, will you pray with me? And then that, I got to get up. I got to get up. Because maybe this morning they don't have the faith. You understand what I'm saying? That maybe this morning, I don't know what's going on with them, I haven't talked to them, but maybe this morning they're in a place where they're just holding on by a string and they need a brother and sister to agree with them for that morning. Amen. 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 So I get up. So I keep pushing. So I keep going. Because sometimes you've got to fight for your faith. Let me leave you with this. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. This is not going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen. What if pastor came up here and said, hey, guys, listen. I know me and my wife have been pastoring for 3,000 years, but. (laughs) Ah. You know, after thinking about it, man. just don't believe can you imagine how that would have I mean can you look some of you just like like as if it's real like it's real you're like you feel that let me give you another scenario pastor comes up here and says listen folks I've been sifted me and my wife we've been sifted but we're pushing We're being sifted, we're being thrown around the ringer, but you know what, we're pushing and we're believing God and we're going to keep believing God who's with me. We go, we're with you, Pastor. We're with you, Miss Mona. (laughs) See the difference? That's why some of you need to start pushing. That's why you're going to have to start fighting. Because there's some people in here who may... Be hanging on by the string and they just need to see you fighting I'll leave you one story then that's it yesterday me and my boys went to go play basketball against these bums right no we went to Justin's house <laughs> they're not bums they're not bums we like them and listen I haven't played basketball in years and trust me today I feel it but as I'm there, you know, we're there, and me and the boys got there first, and we're just shooting around, and I'm looking at my boys shoot. and I'm kind of trying to give them pointers, and then, you know, uh, then, then Justin and his son come, sons come over, and, and we're all shooting around, and we're shooting, and I'm seeing Justin shoot, and I'm like, yeah, I need to. And I'm seeing my boys shoot, and I'm seeing his boys shoot. I'm like, yeah, I remember. <sighs> I remember. Right? You know, you, see, y'all, if y'all never played sport, you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's something where you're like... I remembered yeah Did you make one oh, yeah i remember this now and my body was like yeah you remember we used to do this <laughs> right you know and i'm you know i do a little move pow, pow. oh wait a minute i still got a little bit and as i'm sitting there and i'm i'm like wow what what a difference corporate together all doing the same thing makes because isolated by myself I didn't man I can't do that no more I can't go out there but being in a different atmosphere all of a sudden I feel like I can do it we got to do this again we got to do this every weekend we get I got to get back to it when you get into an atmosphere where people are fighting for faith it starts jarring again what you used to do it starts oh wait a minute I remember I used to pray intensely wait I remember I used to believe God for anything I remember when I laid hands on my car I remember laying hands on a blender. I remember laying hands on a toaster. Lay hands on my George Foreman grill one time. Like, Lord, please. I remember that. You understand what I'm saying? That's why you got to be fighting too, man, because there may be other people who are losing it, and they just need to look and see other people fighting. Because they may be losing it too. He wants our faith church. And together we got to say he can't have it. As a body in Christ, as together in Jesus, uh, as the church, uh, we have to stand up and say, there's a lot of things you're going to try to take, but one thing you can't have is my faith. And I encourage you tonight or this morning, fight for your faith. You're going to get sifted. We can't stop that. You're going to get tossed around. We can't stop that either. But one thing that can be stopped is your faith being taken away. That's one thing he has to have permission to have. And you have to give him the permission. So you can't have my faith. Can you say amen? amen. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. God bless you. You can't have my faith. There's a lot of things you're